We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. God called you to walk with people. He called us to help you. Join us for a conversation at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. Each week, our goal is to replace a little bit of your overwhelm with more confidence in caring for the people you walk with. Friends, we find it incredibly ironic that we just wrapped up a series on how to take a truly restorative sabbatical and created an entire course for you to learn how to do just that. And here we are in a season of needing to step into probably the most trying time of your ministry ever. We are right in the middle of week two of at least the United States being fully shut down for COVID-19, and we are in uncharted waters. None of us have walked through anything like this. And I think now that we are kind of in in at least week two, week three of the heat of things here in the States, what we are beginning to hear from many of you is that, okay, the, the crisis, the initial crisis intervention maybe has been taken care of and you're catching your breath and your heart is catching up and you as a ministry leader are exhausted and fragile. And so, Chris, as, as you've been hearing more and more of that from ministry leaders, let, let's jump in right there and talk a little bit about what's going on for them. Yeah, over the last couple of weeks with the pastors and ministers that I've talked with, uh, there was this immediate need to kind of go full on in energy and shifting and pivoting from being uh, having gatherings in churches and having small groups and all that kind of stuff in motion to now all of a sudden having to change to the gatherings being online. And you're now suddenly preaching to a a camera rather than uh, your congregation, your audience, you're shifting your small groups into these virtual Zoom spaces. And and so uh, over the last couple of weeks, there was this big expenditure of energy that a lot of us in ministry just recently had to do. And now as we kind of come into week two here, there's almost this sense of like your your heart is catching up with your actions. And there's this sense of, I am weary, I am tired, and um, I myself as a human am stepping back into the reality of what's going on rather than just being the the minister, the pastor, the one at the front of uh, of the whole thing. And, and I, I've just heard a lot of people saying, yeah, I am exhausted, I am tired, and I don't even know, I don't get this tired. Uh, this is not me. Um, I'm having emotions that are suddenly coming out. I'm, I'm thin when it comes to my irritability and, and, and all that. And I just want to just bring us a sense of breath and bring a sense of normalcy to what you just had to do. Uh, those of you who are on the front lines of ministry are are f- have been focused so much on serving others that in many ways you've uh, you've forgotten to serve yourself and and take a step back into the the sense of who you are as a human in this process and in this place as well. And um, that's just a reality. It's just something that we need to to recognize that we are on the same journey as the people that we are leading, um, and that. 
that's really what I'm hearing a lot of. And I think initially what ministry leaders had to kind of jump into gear was contingency plans, canceling things, you know, making sure staff teams were taken care of, making sure students or congregants were all kind of clearly understanding what protocols were going to be. There's a lot of um, triage going on. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, I think as ministry leaders pivot to the new norm for the time being, what people that you are leading and walking with need most is for you to be the bigger person in the room, the stronger person in the room. Talk a little bit about what that looks like, Chris. Yeah. So we all need someone who's going to be, uh, my four favorite words are bigger, stronger, wiser and kinder and that there's we all want to lean into somebody who is that we all need to look to a leader and in ministry that leader is you it it is it is you who needs to set the course to set the direction to set the tone right and to help people feel the containment of like we're going to be okay after all of this shifting and pivoting into the online spaces and whatever are we ever going to get back to where we were are we ever going to have a sense of normalcy again and and they're looking to you to be that person to kind of hold that space for them and to be that bigger person and the reality is that that's just part of the job and you as a minister also need someone who you can look to as well you need someone because you're a human as well to look to someone else who is bigger, stronger, and wiser, and kinder. And uh, we don't often have those people, do we? Well, don't you think that's somewhat a a need to be parented? It's that younger self in us that really is activated, and we just want and long to be taken care of as well, even as adults. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, for us personally, over the last couple of, you know, days and weeks as we've walked through this, we have found ourselves kind of returning to some places uh, of nostalgia. And it wasn't until we kind of took a step back and like asked ourselves the question, like what's going on there that we're going back to these things uh, that we began to understand what was happening. So for example, we uh, found online some of the old 1970s, 1980s TV shows. and That forced, we watched when we, we were watched. kids, yeah. young kids. Really young kids. <laughs> um, and so, and these were things like Good Times and uh, Different Strokes and just the, the TV shows that we grew up watching. Uh, Knight Rider was on there as well, and I, I loved that as a boy. And so we subjected our poor children to watching several of these episodes and of course, our children were like, these are awful TV shows. But for you and me, it was a sense of like, oh, there was a sense of a letdown. We can just sit on the couch and be that young boy and that young girl again and and go back to this place of nostalgia as we watched these TV shows. I found myself wanting this very specific uh, cake that my mom would make. It was this chocolate chip cake. It wasn't chocolate chip cookie, but it was chocolate chip cake. And it was this special thing that she would make every once in a while. I, kept, I found myself wanting that um, and wanting those cookies that she would make and, and such. And so, but as we took a step back and asked ourselves like, what's going on with this? Why are we leaning into these nostalgic TV shows? Why are we going back to these things? It was because we ourselves wanted to be that little boy and that little girl again. Mm-hmm. We wanted to just have a place to let down and just be innocent and sit on the on the couch and not have to make these big decisions, not have to to be the bigger, stronger, wiser, kinder for our communities uh, of and, and collections of people. 
And not just looking back to when we were kids and needing to, you know, feel smaller and contained again, but even looking back to the last time that we felt this level of trauma. For us, it was 9-11, probably. There's been others since. But collectively, that sense of global trauma brought us back to that time period. And right around 9-11, the show Alias came out. And it was really Sydney Bristow that got us through some of those chaotic times. We were living overseas in Turkey, of all places. 9-11 was happening for, for all of our friends and family in the States. And, and it was Sydney Bristow that we walked with. And so I found myself immediately remembering that and wanting that, wanting her again, <laughs> wanting the life of, of Sydney Bristow to, to lead me through COVID-19. And so we've started watching that. I think it's that same sense of what comforted us the last time we felt this fragile and vulnerable, and that's where our minds went. And I think there's a difference to be between um, just sitting and and doing something and watching a TV show and actually doing it with an attention to taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. right? To say this is actually a place that we can find some comfort. And Sydney Bristow did walk us through a season of significant challenge when we were living in the Middle East during 9-11, and we were able to escape for a little while. And escape in that sense was really, really good. Mm -hmm. It gave us that letdown space of, I don't have to be the one to make all the decisions right Right, now. Right, right. And I think what we're describing is, is just a normal emotional response that we are all having, no matter what our background is, that we are all feeling a sense of vulnerability, fragility, fear, anxiety, sadness and loss, disappointment, um, exhaustion, mm-hmm. right? We're feeling thin emotionally. And that's just the norm, right? And so as yeah, we think about everyone. ministry leaders, you all who are walking with others, that is the normative response right now. Yeah, absolutely. It is the normative response. That is what everyone is feeling and us as well. Um, and I want to, I think in some senses, it is the sense, this universal loss of control, that we have this sense that we have things in control, we know what our plans are, we know we're going to get up, we're going to go to work, we're going to have this this meeting or this sermon or this uh, these things happening. And and when all of a sudden the, the bottom falls out from underneath us, it's this just global sense of la- loss of control. And I think what often happens, especially for those of us in ministry leadership, is that we end up feeling like we need to regain control. And so we muscle up and we put our energy in into regaining some semblance of control. And I think that's what people have done over the last couple of weeks is to create some sense of, of direction and, and all that for our groups. Uh, but there's a big difference in, in my mind between control and strength. And uh, to have control is to kind of hold it all together and contain it. But with something as big as this or as big as 9-11 or as big as some of the other kind of traumas that we may have walked through in our lives, there is no sense of control. And so what instead we need and what our people need from us at this point is not our control, but they need to know that they have our strength. And strength in the midst of the the storm looks very different than trying to control the storm. It is, will you be solid in the midst of the storm versus will you make the storm go away? Mm -hmm. Obviously, we can't make the storm go away. And so people, the normative experience across the world, right, what is what you said, all these emotional responses, that is 
where we are currently and probably what you're experiencing currently. But I do want to, I do want to point out something that's a little bit deeper here. And that is that those uh, people you included, but also the people that you are walking with, those that have experienced trauma before, and I, and I want to clarify, like all of us have experienced some level of trauma in our lives before, but those who have experienced a little bit more acute trauma in their lives before may actually have more of an emotional response, more of a traumatic response than what might be the normative response. And so this is this is a little bit elevated. The the window that they have between the their baseline and the top and your baseline and the top might be by a little little bit thinner. And so people are experiencing like these overwhelming depressions, these overwhelming panic attacks, these overwhelming like hypervigilance that might come and uh, or they might find themselves in a ball on the couch and they can't actually get up or get out and do anything. uh, Right. So there's there's someone who's experiencing uh, this COVID-19 experience that all of us are walking through may if they have trauma in the past may have it to another level uh, than you might expect. Mm-hmm. And so as someone is walking with another person who might be activated in that way, yeah. what should they be looking for, listening for, and how can they help them? Yeah. So the first thing is to uh, just normalize the experience of that person. Another thing, good thing to do is to ask them, how are they experiencing the trauma? How, how, how are they feeling in their body? Because what happened previously, the trauma that they may have walked through previously is going to is going to come back out in some kind of physical representation. So a lot of people maybe who have uh, shortness of breath or who are a little bit more panicky or whatever, they, they might they might just need you to help them locate it in their body. And once they can locate it in their body, then they can begin to regain some level of containment. What does that mean? Well, that means um, asking them, you noticing, for example, that they're short of breath or that they're breathing really fast or they're talking really fast or something is really happening. And for you to mirror back to them, hey, I just noticed right now that you're talking really fast. Like, can you just slow down and take a breath? You just slow down and and be with me here right now and just take a breath. Let's keep talking about what we're talking about. That's great. But just slow down and take a breath in here. How is that in your body? How is your chest right now? Is your chest feeling really tight? And helping that other person name that part of what's going on in them and their emotional response and in their body helps their mind attune back to their body and regain some semblance of regulation to it again right? Or if they're crumbled in the corner and they're not able to get out uh, of, of bed or something, just notice with them the weariness that they're experiencing. Notice with them the, the fear that they have that if they, if they get out of bed, then they actually have to face the day. And if, if you're walking with someone, and even if you're doing this on the phone, right, we're all kind of sequestered into our corners uh, and homes. Even if you're doing this on the phone or on video video or whatever, it's it's an important thing just to notice with them and help them tune back into their body. So Chris, if somebody is aware that there's there's a person in their care who could very well be triggered in this way and have additional emotional responses, responses so some, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. What is a preemptive mm-hmm. thing that the ministry leader can do for that person to to preemptively intervene on their behalf, preparing Mm -hmm. them for that eventuality. Mm -hmm. 
So I think the first thing would be to uh, establish some kind of regular connection and communication with that person and and name it from the beginning. Like I something along the lines like I know that because of some of the things you've already shared with me and some of the places we've already been in the conversations and what God's already been working on in your life and some of the story you've already show, told me, um, I know that these these times of uh, social distancing or isolation may be triggering for you. Uh, there might be some things that come up for you in the coming days or weeks or months. And so I just wanna name that right now and just say, hey, what can we do together to create some kind of plan for me to reach out to you or you to reach out to me on a pretty regular basis so that we're in this together? Because I think the the feeling of being alone is one of the worst human experiences. And so someone who has that past trauma that may be triggered, they don't know what to do with it, to feel alone in it is even going to be more traumatizing. So they just need to know they're not alone. And that is you know, establishing with that person some kind of rhythm and regularity of touching base of either they're going to call you or text you or you're going to call them or text them or, or there's going to be some series of people that they are going to contact or be in contact with over the course of a week. Like those are things that I think preemptively you as, uh, as a ministry leader, as someone who's walking with others can do to make sure that that person, when and if they experience some level of emotional collapse, they know what to do. Because mm -hmm. that's the bigger, stronger, wiser, kinder, right? That's the person who's saying, hey, I anticipate this on your behalf and I am bigger and I am wiser and I am stronger and I am kinder and we're gonna set a, a plan in place. Mm -hmm. And to remember that that ministry leader doesn't need to do that and carry that all by themselves. Yes. And we let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we our team is putting together virtually to benefit people all over the country yeah so here at restoration counseling we have gone a hundred percent online here in the last week so we're doing virtual counseling so what that means is that now people can uh, receive care even if they're not local to where we are here in Northern Colorado. So we can offer care to people all across the globe and we are, and we do. Um, and so there, there's one thing, we've also created several new online virtual groups, uh, support groups for people in various, uh, various kinds of clusters and whether they're college students being returned to home because college was canceled or high school seniors because graduation was canceled or healthcare workers or um, people who need a little bit more spiritual direction and spiritual grounding. We have a spiritual director who's offering an online group. Maybe it's a, uh, a person who's experienced trauma in their past and we're now offering an online group for women who have that uh, have trauma in their past and they've survived trauma and they this is a place for them to get more support. So we're moving into this whole online space and we'd love to offer that to you uh, on behalf of your people so that you can tell them about that so you're not carrying it all yourself either because there's so many different things. And all of that um, is over at uh, careduringcorona.com. Uh, so that's all there and we just wanted to let you know that that's a resource for you as well as, uh, as the people 
that you're walking with. But we also have a group for pastors, for ministry leaders who are carrying so much. We even have a group going for teams, entire ministry teams, to just process with one another alongside of one of our counselors. So many things over there at carederingcorona.com. We also want to invite you as a ministry leader to join us on Thursday, March 26th at noon, Mountain Mountain Standard time just for a conversation around caring for you as you care for others. You can find out about that group over in our group Frontlines of Ministry um, Facebook group. So go find us there. I want to also just offer one other thing here, and that is that when people are looking to us in ministry to be that bigger person in the room, when what happens when we don't feel that? What happens when we ourselves are out of words? When we ourselves uh, don't have the energy for it, or we ourselves don't have the prayer or the hope, or you know, we're experiencing our own level of despair and confusion, what happens then? And uh, one of the things I want to encourage people to do is to look back to our church fathers and mothers, that it is for these times that liturgies are written. It is for these times that when we don't have language for today, we can look for language from yesterday and bring it into today. And I have found it so helpful personally and also for the teams that that I lead to offer words uh, from some kind of liturgical prayer. Um, I just shared a a prayer earlier today from St. Columba. We've looked at St. Patrick last week. So these these people who are church fathers and mothers from the past offer us language for today. And I, I say that specifically here because you may be running out of words. You may be running out of what to say and how to say it and how to hold out hope and how to give people direction and how point people to Jesus in the midst of this. There are words available to us uh, because of the, the rich, rich history that we have uh, in the church over time. So thank you so much for joining us today. We love walking with you and we would love to hear how you are in the midst of this. Uh, please let us know how you are. Over at RestoryLabs.com, there is a place with a microphone where you can, a little button with a microphone where you can submit a question for us to answer. We're going to be taking this one week at a time just to, to sit with where the Lord is and where the world is and continue to try to walk with us with whatever comes in the coming week. So thank you so much, and we will see you the same time, same place next week.